Welcome into the Rune Mike podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Miller. I'm your other co-host, Lounge Dog. And we got through it. That is all that matters. Mississippi State got through the game against Alabama. The annual plot thing we have to go and take over there. Or, I mean, take it in Starkville, too. But uh, the trip over to Tuscaloosa happened. Mississippi State loses 30-6 to to Alabama. Frankly, could have been worse. I mean, defensively, I thought you, you played a pretty good game, um, all things considered. Uh, offense moved the football, but just still cannot find ways to score until the last play of the game, which in walk-off fashion, Mississippi State ends the score, the, the non-touchdown streak in Tuscaloosa that's been going on since eight years. They get a touchdown right as time expires to put six on the board. First touchdown scored in Tuscaloosa since 2014. Um, look, I actually said coming to the game, I would be okay if we scored a touchdown and I didn't care how it happened or when it happened. That would be enough for me. So we we got that. Which didn't take to the literally as the clock ran out, but. Yeah, no. I don't know. Did you see the tweet, uh, Matthew Watkins, the response he, he had when, when I tweeted? So I, I, I think I jokingly called it a game winning touchdown. And then he said, like, you know that meme that people have been going around where it's like, uh, and they've done it on the last play of the game. They punch it in the end zone, and then it's like final score, Alabama 30, Mississippi State 6. Yeah. Yeah, that that, I mean, that was literally the epitome of that. But regardless. You could, you, you could tell by the players. They, they, they Both sides saw that stat and knew it because – Otherwise, they would just walk off the field or something. Yeah, no, they no. I don't think Bama players like they were so dejected there at the end. Mississippi State players, they, they, obviously, you're not going to celebrate that. They were just very much like, okay, whatever, we scored, get out of here. Which I mean is understandable. Um, kind of, a, I mean, weird game. You outgain Alabama two ninety three to two ninety. Um, do not get a big day through the air. Uh. 30 of 61 for Will Rogers for 231, just 3.8 yards per attempt. Didn't throw an interception. There was one one play where it looked like he did, but after review it was uh, dropped. So, you know, overall took care of the football, at least offensively. Do get 62 yards out of the Brown game. State ran the ball really effectively early on in that game, which was surprising considering they didn't have Quentin Sharp and Dylan Johnson. Um, you mean – and on the other side of the ball, I mean, 261 passing for Alabama. Um, you were able to contain Bryce Young quite a bit, he, as much as you can. He had some big plays on you in the first half when pressure wasn't getting home, but there's some reasons why pressure didn't get home that we can touch about later. Uh, what was really impressive was how well State contained the Alabama run game. I, After the game against Kentucky, where you have Chris Rodriguez running wild on this MSU defense, the fact that Jameer Gibbs was limited in the way that he was, he got one touchdown run, but look, I mean, guys are going to make plays. Um, again, just 29 rush yards allowed for Alabama. They did lose some on sacks, but, I mean, 1.1 yards per rush. Defensively, they got put in a few tough spots, weren't helped out by some factors outside of their control as well uh, within the game. Um, I thought the defense played really well. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a muff punt going for it from your own, like, 30-yard line or whatever. You're asking this defense to do a lot when your offense didn't want to do jack squat. So, 
They stood up, which is kind of, which makes me more ticked about the Kentucky game because Chris Rodriguez is not Jameer Gibbs, not even close. He's really good though. I, I, I Jameer Gibbs is awesome, but I will give like Chris Rodriguez is fantastic. But to your point, they definitely like clearly that performance against Kentucky. I mean, had to have lit some kind of a fire underneath the defense, considering that this is a team where the strength of the defense in the past has been defending the run. We started to see that that was not the case in recent weeks. They came back with a, some a point ready to be proved on that on the defense side of the ball about stopping the run, and that's going to be important going forward, especially once you get Jaden Cromedy back. Well, I appreciate defense at least responding, even though thirty points in today's game, thirty points. You, you tell me we hold we hold Alabama to thirty. Well, with their defense, I'm not going to say we can't. We can barely score on them. And I'm just going to get bugs at talking about this game because I know we got to talk about the offense. Yeah, but I, I, I'm at least proud. I'm proud of the defense for coming out of the second half and like stepping up. I know at some point they took out Bryce Young and put in Jalen Milrow. But for the no, most for part, sure. I mean, outside Go of ahead. a couple of big play, outside of a couple of big plays, really wasn't like they just weren't gashing you for anything. No, and and Bama's going to hit some of those plays. I mean, Bryce Young is too good of a quarterback to not make some of those plays downfield. But you think about last year, how I mean, Jamison Williams and John Mechie uh, just lit up MSU's defense. Um, I know they don't have the same talent in the receiving core this year, but they they responded pretty well. Um, so it was an inspiring effort from the defense. Hopefully they can build off that. Offensive side of the ball, like, well, obviously there's a lot of negative. I, we can there, – there are a few things that I took away, like just trying to find some positives. Um, and I tweeted this out. I thought the game plan was actually pretty smart. Um they utilized if you early on the game came out using those wider splits for the receivers, which something that we've done before, but we don't do it a lot. Uh, if you watch Tennessee, though, who obviously lit up Alabama last week, that's kind of one of the big factors within that type of offense. You split receivers out as far as possible because you then force the DBs to have to commit to getting way outside to covering uh, the defenders. So they're not anywhere close to the box to defend the run. Uh, they're farther away. They're, you're taking them away from being a pass rusher potentially, and you create more space for your receivers to operate. I thought that was a, a nice little move. And out of those looks, I thought we kind of threw in a few different concepts than we typically run. Maybe my my eyes being a little bit untrained here, but some of the route combinations I saw them doing out of that didn't look like stuff that we run week by week. I, I, a lot of it did, and there was plenty that we did that was you know normal stuff. But there were a few plays in particular, and I, I'm not, I can't necessarily narrow them down right now, but I'm just kind of seeing them in my mind where it looked like stuff that I haven't necessarily seen from us before. And I think it kind of looked like some of the stuff Tennessee does in terms of Tennessee's quick passing game, which, again, I thought that was smart. Find a way to do things that the team that lit them up last year was able to do that your personnel should be capable of doing. Um, we used a lot of quick passing game, which is something I've been screaming they need to be doing because you don't have time to drop back with this offensive line. Um, and they ran the ball really well. I mentioned that earlier. I, I didn't expect it to be 
a part of the game, part of the equation with no LaQuinston Sharp, with no Dylan Johnson. But Alabama was down a couple guys in their defensive front seven. Um, they played with a light box, and State took advantage of running the ball on them early in that game. Now, obviously, there's a very noticeable time where they went away with it, and they probably shouldn't have. Um, but they were able to run the ball some in this game, which I didn't think they would be able to do, nor did I think they would do it. So, I mean, that that was, I mean, a, a nice little changeup. Like, I, I thought State went into this game, and I, it's, it's so crazy because, again, you don't score until the very last play of the game. Really felt like they tried to make some adjustments to go after Alabama, which is not something we've seen in the past. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, the positive positive is they the offense moved the ball all night. Like I said, we outgained them like about three yards, I think. And but it's just get. What came back to bite us last night or Saturday was red zone efficiency again, or when we got even close to it. I think they only got they only got in the red zone one time. I think. Hey, twice, but I I got in the red zone twice. Once at the end, and then there was the Jaden Wally drop. I did like us committing to the run early, but I still think we got. I know you get to a point where. You have to, you have to throw it to get keep up because this this offense isn't an offense that is really normally an offense that can, can play catch up because it's not like it's not like an up tempo being explosive play offense like chuck it thirty forty yards or whatever. It's kind of more of that middle like yak like you said yak. Yeah, if they can get it, but I don't know. I mean, I, you can play like behind. Said, I, the, I was going to say you can play behind in this offense pretty well, considering twice they came back from down twenty plus last year. But uh, you oh, are right that there's not many big Auburn. plays, but not against Alabama. No, which. It's, it's Alabama. You get down multiple scores against Alabama, you're not coming back against them, which is why they, like you said, that's why they went away from the run. It was working well, though, during the game, so maybe commit to it more. I mean, I, we start getting into some of the negative sides. I mean, which I say some of, there's plenty. Like, the big noticeable negative there with the run game was when you didn't use it, when you have back-to-back situations where about six, six yards, six inches away from getting the first down. Um, but Excuse me. Before we talk that, I mean, well, no, we can do that first. So I liked the aggressiveness from State going for the fourth downs. Um, I yeah. take the – A couple of them I did. Didn't like it on the opening drive. Take the points. Uh, did, Well, the opening drive, they punted. Or the second drive, my bad. See, I disagree – big time on that but like let me explain why which well yeah hold on let me let me explain you're not beating alabama at all by kicking field goals you're not like in not kicking Alabama, beating alabama by punting the football i understand that once in a blue moon you can try to muddy up a game and get keep it low scoring and look bama didn't score a ton although i think some of it was they did let their foot off the gas some in the second half um I yes, occasionally you can try to just play field position, 
if you if you punt away and you settle for field goals, you're like you're you have zero chance at ever staying in the game. And it's like this is one of the things, and people can hate him, that I am on board with what Lane Kiffin does. Some like there are situations in certain games where it gets too much, like the Auburn game last year. There were times Ole Miss should have like with the way that game was playing out, they should have taken some points. But the way he played against Alabama last year, personally, I think it was the right approach. The when you go for it, you are increasing the likelihood that you have a chance to get into the game. Now, you are also increasing the likelihood that you get blown out because there's a chance that you, um, you're like you mentioned, you give short fields or you don't get any points on drives where you move the football because you don't convert a fourth down. And I understand that's annoying, but at the same time, like, I guess, like, who cares if a game finishes 40 to nothing or if it finishes 24 to six? Like, to me, I don't care. Maybe to a lot of state fans, they do because of a perception thing. But, like, I look at it from the standpoint of I would rather know we took risk and tried to give ourselves opportunity to get into the game than saying, well, we we went and we kicked field goals and we, we punted away to them, which we talk about kicking field goals. We can't. Like, I, I'm not surprised we went for it down on the 15-yard line because we send a kicker out there and they can't make a freaking kick. Apparently we can't punt either. Well, I'm I kicked that field goal based off this. When was the last time we had a lead on Alabama? It'd be 2017. Yeah, I feel like if just to have a lead is a confidence booster for the defense. I know we can't kick, but it's a it's a risk either way you look at it. I'd at least take three points, have a little bit of confidence, knowing you all right, we have a lead a little lo and behold we did <laughs> they went down and scored the, that next drive for Alabama. Uh so I don't know. Right there early, early in the game, I still say you just take the points right there. I can hear the argument about like saying that you have a lead against Alabama. Maybe that does something confidence wise for you. I just to me, if you were trying to like I, it doesn't like we got blown out thirty to six. I know. I know. Like I, I'm going to say some of this, and people are be like, "Well, what does it matter? You got blown out anyway. You should have just taken the points." To me, you got to make against Alabama. You have to make some moves to try and find a, like try increase your chances of scoring touchdowns. I mean, it's what like we complained about with Dan Mullen for years and years and years, and he always played scared against Bama. He didn't take chances. He wasn't aggressive. There was one game where that style kept it close. Twenty seventeen because you happen to have a great home atmosphere and Alabama had a bunch of players hurt at linebacker. So it was the one time you were able to run the football off and you still lost the game. So I, I look, I understand what you're saying. I just stick with the side of like, take the freaking chances. I don't care if it makes us lose by four. Oh, well, well, that field goal probably cost a lot of people money. Yes. <laughs> Well, I was 21 and a half. It was, yeah, it was. So, I mean, I guess if you're talking about getting the cover, you wish you would have had it. But same time, missed a 44 yarder later in the game. Now, speaking of the fourth downs, though, the things that stand out, um, one of them I'll get to in a second because it leads into a, the next point for the game. But talked about not running. You have third and inches and then fourth and inches, and you don't try a run on either of them when you would been running the football well. And normally I'm someone who's like, well, look, they loaded up the box. I mean, you're not going to be able to run against it. Bama didn't load the box. 
They could have handed it off. The only thing I can think is that third down, the third down one, I guess I can see we have two downs to get this. Let's see if we can hit a chunk play on them real quick. Cause like, I think Will tried to throw a little further down, tried to throw that to the outside or something on that one. And he didn't have it. If you want to do that, fine. But to me, that means fourth down, you're saying we're just going to hand this off. Like, I, I don't know what the, if the, the, the thing thought was, well, Bama's expecting the, the run there, but that is a situation you got to hand the football off because you've got to trust that you can get six inches on two tries and get a first down. Because that was the one that set, set Bama up with, like, the best field position. Yeah, which is mind-blowing. I don't know. Rogers, Rogers, you know, had to. I don't know what Rogers thinking. I don't know what. Well, I never know what Leach is thinking. He, he could have been thinking dinosaurs again at the at during the third quarter. For all I know. Yeah, but, I don't know who made that check there. I mean, I, I think, I think Will did make a check probably on both of them. But I mean, at the same time, like that that is something where you you have to go back as Leach and be like, no, just run this. If, if you're going to go for it, just hand it off, get the yard, let's get a first down. Um. Oh yeah, one other thing though, I did want to say fourth downs and like this would be a go against my argument for a team that goes for it on fourth down as much as we do. I feel like we're never ready to run a fourth down play. A lot of like to me, if you're going to be aggressive and you're going to go for fourth downs, you need to be game planning with in mind. Okay, if we're in this situation, what player we call in so that we can get it going and we can get up, snap the ball. We talk about pushing tempo all the time, how this team needs to push tempo more and needs to go faster because the offense flows better when they do it. It's so funny. I'm literally in the process of putting together like a history of the air raid article that I, I talked about doing some of this stuff over on Underdog uh, Tribune later on uh, over the next coming weeks and months. But one of the whole big things that they did with this offense was like, yeah, we're going to go super fast. Like back at Iowa Wesleyan, how Mummy and Mike Leach decided after watching a CFL or a spring league team do a two-minute drill, hey, we're going to do that all the time so we can go fast so that we can give our teams an edge against better competition. We, like, don't use it at all, even though we do well when we do it. And you get in those fourth-down situations, I feel like you need to – like, there was a great example of this a few weeks ago. Um, people hate on the guy all the time, which is understandable, but Jim Harbaugh on Michigan – they, they ran a play on third down knowing they were going for it on fourth down. And instead of doing what all these other teams do where they get to fourth down and we stand around, oh, well, first let's wait 15 seconds to decide, do I really want to go for this? And, oh, maybe we should kick it. Maybe we should do this. No. They immediately after the third down gets stopped, they run up to the line, run the play, and they scored a touchdown on it because the other team wasn't ready to defend it. To me, you got to do something like that in this situation. If we're going to be aggressive, you need to actually show some aggressiveness. Get up, snap the football quicker. Yeah, I mean, again, that comes back more questionable coaching decisions again on Leach's fault, whoever else is involved. Just seems like a seems like a trend that's been going on forever. Yeah, no, I mean, it, at this point, it probably is, and like. It goes beyond, like I was saying, it goes beyond the fourth downs as well. There are times where you feel like they should be pushing tempo more and they just they won't stick with it. Now, the, what I did allude to a minute ago, because there was another big fourth down that we talked about, you know, early in the game, second drive, you get down to Alabama's 15-yard line. You have a fourth and three and you go for it. You, you run a little stick route and Jaden Wally just drops the football. Um, 
and or it might have been a slant. I don't remember. Whatever. Uh, defender lays a big hit, and I understand if you're Wally, you know the defender's coming in to lay the lumber there. He's fourth down. You got to catch the football. He hits you in the chest. It was a perfect pass. It was on time. You. That's one of those situations where, as a receiver, you have to know you're going to get popped. It's your job to hold on the football. And if you convert there, you have to think like State probably comes away with points because either they get into the end zone or maybe if you get a longer yardage situation then you on long fourth down, then you would kick a field goal. And, again, I understand your point that you were making earlier about just kick the field goal, take the points. But, like, play call was there and the receiver didn't catch. And, unfortunately, that was a theme for the entire freaking night. Countless drops from MSU receivers. Did not win a single one-on-one opportunity throughout the night um, or hardly any at all. Um, There were a few passes that were certainly off from Will. He didn't have a good night. But there was plenty of times that he made the throw and the receivers just weren't there. Tulu Griffin, my man, like this is twice now as much as – I don't know. Maybe the argument is we don't feed Tulu enough so that when he gets these big opportunities, he's not ready for it. But this is now the Egg Bowl last year and then this game where – he has a perfect pass thrown him, thrown to him for a touchdown. And he just doesn't hold on to the football, and it wasn't just him; it was, it was the team as a whole. But I mean, if if not for drops, State easily could have put another thirteen points on the board or so. And then we're going to talk about like how differently do people feel coming out of this game? Like plays were there to be made, and I know people hate the phrase "oh, we just didn't execute." And sometimes, yes, it's a bad excuse from a coach because sometimes it's like, "Well, why didn't they execute?" That goes back on you. For I for the team that reps catching the football over and over and over, like literally, that's the majority of practice is just catch the football. For it to not translating games is remarkable, and just no execution from the MSU wide receivers in this game. Um, which goes to that. I'll go to that comment. Comment after the game from Leach, like they're you put an Alabama jersey on somebody and they're they're intimidated. Uh, apparently so. Like, and look, that's a that's an MSU issue at this point for whatever reason that MSU is intimidated by Alabama. And I know people didn't want Leach to say it, and I don't know. Maybe that's a comment you shouldn't make if you're a coach. Whatever. I mean. Leach is just going to say what Leach is going to say. Um, I respect his honesty. I'm like, you quit playing, quit playing scared. Catch the football. No, it definitely feels like there's a mentality from MSU football when they play Alabama that they just go into that game, just well, whatever. We're going to get beat, and they just take a lax days of little approach out there. Now, great. At the same time, they had the same issue at LSU with drop passes. Drops weren't as big of a deal against Kentucky, but just again the. Which Kentucky, I thought that was a terrible game plan all around. Like that goes back to more coaching. But I don't know. This has been a continued theme for Mississippi State, both against Alabama and playing on the road. And it's frustrating because like they they could have put together a solid performance offensively if they just made some routine catches. And that, like for an offense that's going to throw the ball the way we do, to have receivers who can't catch the ball, um, that's concerning. So basically saying we need a new batch of receivers that consistently catch the ball. It's possible. And what's crazy is like all the talk was how this is like the most talented group of receivers MSU's ever had. I'm not which to be clear, I'm not at all saying that that was 
Leech that is bar, because that bar, that bar was kind of set pretty low. Very much so. I mean, the previous would be 2014, 2015, that group. Um, but, no, you're right. It's a low bar, which, at the same time, Mike Leach acknowledged this. If you go back to camp, what comments did he make about his wide receivers? That he was unimpressed. He felt they were mediocre and that they were not physical. And, buddy, they got out physical all night by Alabama's DBs. So, apparently, Le- Leach saw this coming. And, uh, unfortunately, it's uh, rearing its ugly head now we're into the season. Um, at this point, Steve Spryer Jr. is going to have to do something. He's going to have to do better. Well, yeah, no, Spurrier Jr., Drew Hollingshead, like those guys are going to have to figure out something. And that, I mean, that has to be a major point of emphasis over the bye week that this offense can't work if you can't catch passes. It's literally that simple. Like, <laughs> there's no other way to, to go about it. Um, other things on offense. I mean, I, I mentioned Will was not great. Some of those throws he was off on. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of time to throw. And – he made plenty of passes that easily should have been caught. So I don't know how much blame I can truly put on him. Um, offensive line was not great. But, I mean, it, I'll be honest, I wasn't – offensive line didn't work, kill me as much as they have in the past. Maybe some of that's because we were running more quick-hitting passes, so we were getting the ball out quicker. But also, I, I understand you're playing Will Anderson and you're without your best player on the offensive line. There's a level – there's a limit to what you can achieve. Uh but, I mean, at the same time, the run blocking is good for what it's worth, but pass protection remains an issue. So, considering that you have teams left on the schedule who can dial a pass rush, that remains a concern. Well, you had to step up the recruiting in the process because it. we had this conversation with a guy on Twitter last night. You got to have the dudes. Do you even have a chance? No, for sure. Um, the talent right now is not there along the offensive line. It looks like talent starting to pick up at receiver um, with some of the guys they've been able to land, but you got to get some better offensive linemen in there. You got to develop those guys. Mike Leach is an offensive line coach by trade. Again, like this is one of those things like I'm, you know, riding, putting together this history stuff. Like how mummy will tell you all of the stuff that like air raid teams do with their offensive line where wide splits, working out of a two-point stance. Um, you know, there's kind of like a man-on-man approach to blocking. Um, that's Mike Leach. That's his, like, those are his, like, little innovations that he put in. And uh, for State to have this offensive line, that's, that's having the issues it is, is a bit of a concern. Um, I mean, we can't go a game without talking about special teams. Missed a field goal that easily should have been makeable. And have a, another shank punt, uh, this time by the – I think it was Trafford. So, both Georgeopolis and Trafford have had terrible punts in back-to-back weeks. Uh, and then Xavion Thomas, who we after, – after the LSU game, we said, put him back there every time. Don't let Austin Williams return a kick again. Well, now he goes out and muffs a punt. And naturally, it leads to points for Alabama. Um, this is a major problem, and it's, it's going to cost State a game at some point soon. Well, it already has, (laughs) the LSU game. LSU, the only thing I would say is the offense wasn't really doing much of anything. And I can't – like, obviously, I understand that you muff the punt and LSU scores there. 
I can't say with certainty, though, that State would have won that game without the muff. But obviously, I do understand your point. Ian, that's why that's why it's a three phase game. Like I think people overlook special teams so much and until it comes back and bites you in the bites you in the butt. But it, it at some point there's gotta there might have to be a couple of changes going into next season. Whether it's O line, special teams, because it's the same stuff every week. I don't disagree. Um, that's one of those things that definitely there has to be some evaluation done. Where I mean, you probably need some changes to happen for sure. Um, because like again, which what's crazy is like Mason Miller has developed some good offensive linemen, like, and Spurrier has done a good job in the past with receivers. Um, Special teams, though, has remained a nightmare for years and years and years. But you're right. They're going to have to – And I, but, again, I thought they tried to address some of that this offseason by you know, putting Mark, Matt Brock over there full-time. They're going to have to figure something out, though, because it's it's costing you football games. Uh, one other thing I did want to touch on, just like game management stuff, uh, I, I thought the management at the end of the first half was terrible. You had like 35 seconds left after picking up the first down, and you didn't call a timeout. You let the clock – run down or no you don't call a timeout there but then you take a sack with 20 seconds left and you call a timeout and at the same like i don't know why you didn't take the timeout after 35 seconds like to me that doesn't make any sense now you end up getting in a position you hit a big pass to austin williams and you get a chance but then like what they did there at the end didn't make any sense like i mean i guess i'm gonna say like i know this doesn't make this is stupid because they can't kick i would have actually tried a field goal there because what what is the chance of convert? I, I said, what is the chance of converting a hail mary low? But from that spot on the field, love will, but the chance of him actually delivering a good pass that far are slim. Your offensive line doesn't have time either, though. You're, he's not going to have time. The offensive line's not blocking Will Anderson. You can see it coming from a mile away. He was going to take a sack there, and you don't even get to throw off. I would have like, uh, God, what's his name? Um, the other kicker. Who we Rayford. left footed. Huh? Uh, Rayford. Raven. 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 He has a strong enough leg. He could have made one from there. So I, I would have tried one there. And I, th- I think the way the state handled the last drive of the game wasn't great either. But at, at that point, who, ca- who really cares? So there are some of those little game management things from, with cl- and clock management stuff from Leach that has been a recurring issue. That's just, I, I don't know. It, it, Hindsight 2020, like, I, I don't know. It just – it didn't impact the game, but I, I didn't like how they managed that at all there at the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another day, another another thing to find about coaching decisions. Yeah. Now, it can't be a game against Alabama without talking about SEC refs. And obviously, it had zero impact on the outcome of the game. State was not beating Alabama, even if the refs had called things fairly. But that is what's annoying. Ten penalties for 100 yards on State. Now, the targeting on Jackie Matthews was legit. That was a stupid play. I don't know what he was thinking there. And then also, State had a face mask that got flagged. That's a face mask. Technically, it was the back of the helmet, but that is a flag by rule. They just call it face mask. Fine. I can't argue against that. 
plenty of the other calls, the rough and the passer calls against Bryce Young, some of the defensive hole. I don't even remember what all like the, the rough and the passers were abysmal. And then you get the other side of it, where Alabama's been the most penalized team in the SEC. They get three penalties called on them, two of them on the final drive of the game when it was completely decided. And, like, those calls were probably favorable for Mississippi State, like, in terms of, like, they were a little ticky-tack. Excuse me, a little ticky-tack. But who cares? Like, the only time they threw State a bone is when the, the, the flags don't have any bearing on what could potentially happen. I mean, it's every time you play Alabama. Every screenshot of just holding, holding. Holding. Offensive line doesn't get called for holding once. Woody Marks gets his freaking nose broken because a guy grabs his face mask going to the ground. We're not going to catch the penalty on that. It's just playing out in Tuscaloosa and playing with Al- the refs with Alabama is the most annoying thing in the world. And everybody could see it coming after they got lit up by Tennessee and committed a bunch of penalties. And like I know in that Tennessee game, there was a big miss rough in the passer call against Bryce Young that. Should have been flagged. Okay. That doesn't mean they get the makeup call this week. And they got two of them. It just, you know firsthand because you, you've obviously lived over there. You've been around them. And which every state fan knows because we've been watching games against them for years and years and years. It's it's remarkable, though, how the SEC doesn't even try to hide what they do when you're playing in Alabama and they feel like we're going to help out the Tide tonight. <laughs> preach, preach, brother, man, preach. It, it, it doesn't have any impact on the game. It's just I, I – that that is one of the things that makes me just so annoying because if, when you're the SEC, if you're not them, you're screwed. Which, like, just like to give people an idea, this is something I saw Steve Robertson point out on Gene's page. So, obviously, he's up in the press box at the game. He noticed uh, – so, you have the stat keepers at all these games who keep track of the numbers. And according to Steve, literally every time – like, every play – that even if Bama defenders had nothing to do with it, they were trying to find a way to award uh, one of the – like, let's award a quarterback hurry to, to Will Anderson. Let's award a pass broken up to Kool-Aid McKinstry. Like, literally, Will Rogers could have had, like, five seconds in the pocket with no issue and then have thrown the football out of bounds, and they would have said, well, it was a quarterback hurry and a pass broken up. Just these guys, you know, you, these guys get awards based off the numbers that they put up, and you have uh, – the people over in Tuscaloosa making sure to find give the guys every little extra edge they can get makes sense, well, but it's Bama's way. Well, if there's any solace, is they weren't they. I follow enough Bama fans on Twitter, like they weren't too thrilled leaving the stadium either. So that was my little bit of solace in the evening. Oh they yeah, still no, they're, they're they're still not that great. So I mean, look that. That's the recap of the game. Mississippi State gets through it. Um, obviously, now you go into the bye week, and it's a much-needed bye week. Uh, you got some guys who are trying to get back from injury. Um, this team, I think, clearly needs a break with some of the issues that they have to work on. And then you got a crucial stretch of the season coming up. Um, four big games, three of them at home. I mean, one of them is an FCS game, but, I mean, you got you got to win it. Uh, that are going to determine State's – you know, determined state season. It, it, as annoying as the last two weeks have been for various reasons, Mississippi State's still right in line with where the majority of people had a projection. And they're still on track, if everything holds, to have uh-huh. an 8-4 and four type year that fans want. But you, you, you got 7-5. It. It, 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 it looks more like 7-5, and five, but the opportunity is there for 8-4, and four, which, to be fair, uh, 
one of those extra losses, Ole Miss certainly ain't looking that all that hot. Which I don't know. It, it would be Mississippi State's luck they lose to Auburn, but then beat Ole Miss. Um, so maybe seven and five would still happen. Uh, but you know, state, you got to win three out of four. Got to win three out of four, and one of those three really needs to be the Egg Bowl. Um, mm. and, and that'll be the season. We're gonna see if we can. Ra- I think we're gonna try and wrap this up here right now. Uh, shorter show. We got through the stuff pretty quick, and our Zoom Zoom call is about to run out. So. Look, uh, later this week, obviously, like we're not going to be previewing football because State doesn't have uh, a game, but I'm going to try and do a preview for the basketball season. First year head coaches on campus, a lot of excitement between Chris Chans and Sam Purcell with what they're doing with their programs. We'll talk a little bit about what the, the basketball season could have in store, and uh, I'm sure I'll try to find a way to get Daniel on so we can make our picks for the SEC pick them. That's going to do it for us today. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy stress-free football if you're a college football fan. As always, swing your sword. Hail State.